The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Lots going on in the community. We're going to touch on some of the events that you definitely do not want to miss being a part of. And one of our guests this morning, Mary Watkins. And Mary is the president of the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County. Mary, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning, uh, good, Bart? Great. Good to have you with us. You brought Thank some you. friends with you. Uh, yes, I have uh, Margaret McKinley with me. She is our secretary and also a board member, and also about a member of our uh, organization, James Manning, and he's also from the uh, Oakland Mansion here in Murfreesboro. Well, what's going on everywhere? And uh, first of all, tell us about the event coming up on October the 29th. Okay, I'm going to let uh, Margaret, she's a, a part of that uh, committee that's spearheading that. So, Margaret, I'm going to let you uh, talk about the auction. On um, October the 29th, we will be at Patterson Community Center, and we will have our second annual fall auction. There's uh, gifts, rare fans, uh, baskets, uh, antiques, art, uh, and we are, of course, a 501c3 organization, so all donations are tax deductible. Our auction will begin at 1 o'clock and end at 4 p.m. Please come out and find something that you like and place the highest bid and take it home with you. Very definitely. Now, tell us a little about uh, what does this go to? Does it support something or well, what, what does it go, the money go for? The money goes in our uh, treasurer, and from that, we offer to the community presentations on um, education. Uh, we find unusual uh, persons of color who have made an impact on Rutherford County, and we share that information with um, our citizens. And once again, that is Saturday, October the 29th. This is your second one. So you've got the experience now. Yes. you got all the bugs worked out. <laughs> now, what kind of uh, items will be auctioned off? We have um, books. We have art. We have a, um, a photograph. Mary's going to do a photograph on the high bidder for that. Uh, she does excellent um, pictures of people. They look just like they're right there. Uh, we have uh, antiques. Uh, we have gift baskets, um, just whatever you might be interested in. Um, someone has donated the Green Book for us to auction off. What is the Green Book? The Green Book is the book that uh, it says Negro motorists used to t go in the South, mm -hmm. places that they could stop and eat and um, have I shelter. I have heard about that book. Yes. So, so that was from what what years were those used? Those were uh, 1936 to about 1960. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quite a quite a few years yes. ago. Mm -hmm. They did one each year. 
And there's also a movie about that's. Uh, I think that sort of uh, brought it to the forefront too, when they made the movie, The Green Book, mm-hmm. and they were showing this musician as he was traveling down south and everything to show the things that he was not able to establishments that he was not able to go in and everything because being an African American back in the the day they um, so there was really a powerful uh, movie that they made uh, about the Green Book and that's what brought to me uh, my attention to it and uh, and everything so uh, somebody donated one uh, to the organization and so I examined that and there are three places in Murfreesboro that's listed in that Green Book uh, and hopefully down the road we'll planning on putting some kind of marker, whether it's a Tennessee historical marker because uh, it still exists over on State Street, and it's rental property right now, and it looked appeared to be in good condition on the outside, and there were also one on the corner of State and University, which is not there anymore, and that service station, Martin Benford service station, if anybody been around a long time there on the uh, corner of State, uh, Castle Street and Manny Avenue, they're listed in the Green Book, and of course there's uh, several edition, uh, edition of the Green Book. And uh, and everything, but they are listed. And, and it lists uh, restaurants, you say, hotels, motels. Uh, it was uh, not what the restaurants wasn't listed, but it was placed that people could stay. Uh, uh, like a, it wasn't actually a motel; it was just like a boarding house, and everything. So we had a couple of those. And okay. all over the nation, these places are being saved from demolition and turned mm-hmm. into historic sites. And we have that opportunity here because we have that beautiful house that's mm-hmm. um, the nicest oh, house yeah. right there in the section, a larger house than the others still standing. And that would be a wonderful one to be able to save. the. Um, and Mary's told me a little bit. I'm beginning to learn more about the Green Books and about Sundown Towns, which mm-hmm. Murfreesboro was yes. one of. And I can't imagine that experience. Yeah. Uh, I talked to some of the... Uh, what was the sundown? Olden, Should we, I, you know, people are curious about that. What, yeah. what is the sundown? Uh, the sundown law was told to me that uh, at a certain time, they could not go across Main Street. If you lived on one section of town, the African Americans, uh, of course, the Main Street sort of split, went down the middle. So you had people living in Third War. You had people living over in uh, Highland uh, Avenue places, Castle Street and all that. Where the sundown law, they couldn't cross up there, but Main Street, they couldn't be caught in that vicinity and, you know, when the sun stopped going down. When, and then there were that? towns that you couldn't be caught in when the sun oh, went wow. down. Right. Sundowner towns. What year was that? Was it? I don't actually know uh, the year, and I'm sure it's back same pretty much the same time when they had the Green Book and all that kind of stuff back uh-huh. in the day. Uh-huh. You know, when African Americans were not allowed to go in certain places because of um, uh, uh, integration, desegregation, and stuff hadn't started. So it was just certain places they were not able to go uh, and everything. And of course, I was there during the Jim Crow era, you know, uh, during the colored and uh, only and white only establishments. You know, I was born in uh, 46, so I experienced some of it to a certain extent, but not some of the things that my mother, that generation, faced. We were, I think, from what I've heard, pretty fortunate here. We had a, a lot of African-American families uh, who were in leadership positions, and they kept everyone unified, from mm-hmm. what I've heard. Oh, yeah, that and, was... Which a, is different in other places. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we, in a sense, yes, but then in a sense, no. Because uh, really, I think... Um, 
the leadership really didn't come until the 60s during the civil rights movement. Uh, because the only thing I remember coming up uh, that I uh, wanted to be, we just didn't have those professional people in the public in our life. Only thing I can remember mostly is teachers and clergies when I was coming up, when I looked at uh, professional people from the African-American standpoint. Because, you know, the police station, um, uh, Another other things, you know, we just weren't there. You go into stores, we didn't have African Americans there, you know, working in uh, stores and stuff like that. Uh, a restaurant, if they did, they was in the kitchen cooking or something like that. So they, we just didn't have those role models when we were coming up, except, like I said, a teacher. And I just was bound that I was going to be a teacher because, as a matter of fact, that's the only thing that I really knew. So that was your motivating factor in choosing your career. That's right. And, and, and it came true. You, you've certainly it, done a great job in it, that. It did through many prayers and, and uh, many sacrifices for myself and other people. And uh, it happened uh, whatever. So. Did you go to Middle Tennessee State? Yes, I did. I went to Middle Tennessee State University in uh, 1966. Uh, they had... Uh, integrated just a few years before I went. I graduated from Holloway High School because, you know, of course, that was the only high school in Rutherford County for African Americans during that time. And I lived out in Walter Hill. And, of course, they had a school from first grade through 12th grade. Uh, but we all had to go to Holloway regardless of where you lived in Rutherford County, as well as a lot of people from Whitbury also came, uh, went to Holloway High School. So, Did you have Myrtle Glanton Lord as your pre uh, No, your I teachers? never had her because I went to elementary school oh, okay. in, uh, in the, there at Bethel and Walter Hill. And then when I, uh, high school is when I came to the city. So, uh, but I know her uh, mm -hmm. very well. And uh my son worked with her at Patterson Center uh, back in the day and everything, but uh, but for his having her in class, I did not have her. I bet there's somebody listening who was uh, in the class with Ms. Lord. Uh, if oh, you yeah, have some memories, sure. call us. Love to hear from you. And, and then the drum beating, did you remember that? Uh, where they changed and went outside and to the beat of a drum? Uh, no, I don't remember that. I know they had... I'm showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you talk about at Holloway High at School. Holloway. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't remember that. Like I said, I started there in uh, the fall of 1960, and I don't recall that. And it could be just my memory, you know. Like I said, I'm up in the age. <laughs> no, too. you're you're young. <laughs> it could it could be just my memory. Don't uh, you know whatever is uh, fading out on me. But well, you need to go and and check out uh, at, at Bradley Academy. They have Miss mm -hmm. Lord's uh, classroom. Oh yes, back uh, the way it was. I've often wondered, too, because these are old desks that they found, and uh, I bet you they have somebody's initials or names carved in them. Uh, needless to say, now, I, uh, I uh, asked about those desks. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they were really the original. Oh, okay. okay. But they are. They do have scratches on them because we had them in school and we scratched on them, too. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure if those are the original <coughs> desks that was there at Bradley during that time. But uh, the floors. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Those are the real. Right. Uh, that was the right. thing I remember. Uh, the school I went to had floors like that, too, mm -hmm. which is the old dark wood floors. Yes. And they would come in and clean them. They'd put something on them. I mm -hmm. don't know, some type of a paste. 
and clean them once a day, once a week, whenever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it had the greatest smell. Mm -hmm. uh, I can close my eyes and go back to elementary school days and smell that smell. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, a part of our organization uh, is um, working with uh, historical uh, preservations, and we have uh, a partnership with uh, Dr. Van West and uh, Minister Vincent Windrow, and they're restoring an old cemetery uh, school out in the cemetery uh, community, mm -hmm. as well as um, the Randolph and Riverside Plantations in Walter Hill is hoping, hoping to partner and open up um, that area as well, and they're looking for artifacts to go in those original slave cabins. You were talking about original oh, kinds yeah. of things. Now, the old cemetery school, was that Halls Hill Pike, that area? No, no, no. It's out in the cemetery community. Where is that? Uh, by the Stones River National Battlefield. You oh, go okay, past yeah. that, and you will see there's a, the Stones River uh, United Methodist Church is there, and it, it sort of sits back behind the United uh uh, that uh, church there, Stones River uh, Church. And uh, that came off of, I don't know if people know, Elaine Washington, uh, um, A.D. Washington, uh, that family. Uh, that school belonged to them, and their property is right behind the church there. And, uh, of course, she's deceased now, but she was a part of the African American Hair Society. And uh, Dr. Smith uh, uh, had talked to her about making that into a museum, and we were planning on doing that. And we just thank God for uh, Reverend Windrow because of the fact he's going to follow through with her wishes. And uh, the African American Hair Society, like Margaret said, have partnered with uh, Dr. Van West and his grad students and, uh, and everything. So we're going to make that out of a museum. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. What do you think it might... Uh that work might start? Uh, we don't know because uh, they have already went and uh, checked to see what all has to be done to restore it, you know, like the windows, the uh, the roofing and all that. So we're looking at that and trying to get an estimate so we'll know when we're going to have to do some fundraisers because mm -hmm. it's going to cost to do that. But uh, we went, uh, he allowed us to go into the school and I we used to go there for community singing when I was in the eighth grade and I hadn't been there since then and I was just amazed. At, there's a lot of artifacts still there, the pot belly stoves and the little stages brought there. Back the, memories. Yes, brought back a lot of memories. Now they've got some desks there, the, the original desk still there and, uh, and everything. So we're just looking forward to that but we're going to have to do some fundraisers uh, as well as some um, uh, write some grants to get it done because it's going to take some money to do that. Are there other hidden treasures in the community that are just waiting to be discovered? Oh yes, uh, there is. Uh, there are other schools. Uh, I guess about a month ago we went to the lady that bought uh, the Cedar Grove school is there. It closed I think around about 1955. And, uh, and still, and it's still, it's still there. there. Uh huh. The Cedar Grove Church is still active, and the school is built. It's built on the same style as uh, the cemetery school. It's a little bigger because I think they added a little extension to it. So we went there, and I think Margaret, you were part of that. Uh, uh, that we went there and checked that out, uh, and everything. So hopefully, she wants to um, hopefully uh, uh, reserve uh, preserve that as well. 
And there's a few other schools, not that many, because during the time uh, desegregation, they closed uh, most of the African American schools. I think there were maybe about four or five that they did not close because they had just remodeled those. They had just built them really out of uh, brick, whereas the rest of them was out of block and stuff like that. So those schools, most of them, they tore them down. Uh, and everything, and uh, most of the time too, when you saw these, when you see the African American schools, there were also churches in close proximity to the uh, to the schools. And and talking about the schools, we are another one of the fundraisers that we're going to have. We're going to do a calendar on the Rosenwald schools, oh, and uh, and everything. There was uh, they said fourteen. It was actually around about twelve. I, they are including the fourteen is where they. Uh, renovated a couple of them with some of the Rosenwald schools. So our calendar, which we hopefully be there when we have our auction, we hope they'll be available at that time that we will be uh, uh, selling those too as a fundraiser. And we hope we like the, the community has really been supportive of us with our black tie fair and as well as the auction last year because that's how we put the, uh, we get monies to put up those Tennessee historical markers. And uh, we're going to continue to do that, uh, uh, identify places that uh, have a lot of uh, that's uh, have a lot of history behind it. We want to preserve those uh, places and uh, and everything. So that's where we get our monies from. Uh, mm -hmm. We have not wrote a grant to this point. And if you go around, you see several that we've put up. It's because of the support we have got from the public, from our uh, fundraisers, and uh, like I said, the Black Tire Fair, the auction. And uh, and everything. Those markers are not very uh, not cheap. No, they are pretty expensive. And uh, I think our first one was at Holloway. Our first one we put up was at Holloway, and it was like fourteen fifty. And then we put up the one with Mayor Allen Vons, which was the first uh, African American newspaper, the Union Paper. Uh, you know, she was uh, she's the one that uh, brought that to the forefront. So we mm -hmm. have one for her, and that and it had gone up to fifteen uh, fifty. And now uh, there's a, a couple of churches that have um, got going to have one have been approved they're just waiting for it to come in to install it and it's now 2150 oh wow yes now she's not talking 21 dollars no two thousand one hundred fifty dollars <laughs> so if they're going up and i can understand that with everything with the economy and all that kind of stuff that's going on and uh i'm gonna let james talk about that monument uh and okay. even those are cheap considering what it costs to have the monument uh, put up. So, okay. James, yeah, James, I'm going to let you talk. Hold on just a second. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and find out about the monument, find out about this unique study that's going on at the Evergreen Cemetery, uh, headed up uh, with the folks at Oakland's Mansion. Stay with us. We're loud, we're proud, we're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with 
good acoustics if you want to try out any guitar in the store if you've got a perfect place to listen to it compare them side by side see how the neck feels to your hand which is important to a guitar player we have keyboards to play a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals snares whole sets come in music world and drummer's den and try out before you buy it music world and drummer's den Good morning. It continues to run a little bit heavy and slow sometimes. Right on schedule, actually. 24 coming in from Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area. Moving a wreck over here on 40 westbound at Stewart's Ferry Pike. Now, that's really slow at times uh, in that area. Or should I say heavy because you got all that traffic uh, coming into Hermitage Donaldson right now uh, on I-40 from uh, Wilson County. Still pretty busy up there on 65 uh, as you come off that ramp from Vietnam Vets. Ober Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest. You don't want to miss it this year. Check it out. Ober Gatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. Northeast winds of 5 to 15 miles per hour gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 46. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Welcome back. Today we are looking at some of our local history and want to get you to circle a date on your calendar. This is one of those events that you do not want to miss. Saturday, October the 29th. You got that one? Saturday, October the 29th, 1 until 4 in the afternoon. It's the second annual auction, the fall auction, second annual Sponsored by the African-American Heritage Society of Rutherford County. That's going to be over at the Patterson Community Center, 521 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, Saturday, October the 29th. And we had mentioned right before we began that break that there's been a lot of work over at Oakland's mansion, uh, right next to Oakland's, uh, Stone's Throw Away is the Evergreen Cemetery, which is full of history. James Manning, who is uh, heads up, he's the executive director there at Oakland. Uh, I know you've worked with this group of ladies uh, on, on quite a few different opportunities. Tell us about the, uh, the project that you're currently working on. Well, we're always excited to partner with African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County. They have been wonderful partners on all of our events and projects. And the um, Evergreen Cemetery was carved out of the Oaklands Plantation uh, in 1872 when Dr. Manny sold the land to the city of Murfreesboro. And in the deed, and it is not mentioned that it was already a burial ground, it says to be a cemetery, but oral tradition um, is that it was the enslaved burial ground for Oaklands Plantation. And Section M um, became the African-American section until desegregation. Near the center of Section M, there's a rusty metal obelisk, and we're still trying to find anyone in the community who can give us information about that. It says carry at the base, and it has handwriting that's no longer legible. 
um, and we believe it was erected for an enslaved person or persons near the center of Section M, which we believe was the uh, nucleus of the uh, was where the slaves were buried. Um, Several years ago, over 10 years ago, we did rudimentary LIDAR and found that there are roughly 30 graves there near the center of the section. And uh, fortunately, <clears throat> the Geosciences Department, MTSU, has recently acquired a, a very sophisticated uh, piece of GPR, ground-penetrating radar. It looks like a very fine uh, pushmore. And we um, scanned the ground, and we announced that we thought we would have the results in a matter of weeks. Unfortunately, the professor that led the project and the graduate student both left the university, um, and the data is not available. So you mean it's gone? <laughs> It's gone. So oh, no. <laughs> another professor at MTSU is now training on the GPR, and the pro and this ground will be scanned again a second time um, for us to have the results. For so for those of you who are out there wondering where the results are that we said we announced would be a matter available in a matter of weeks, that's why um, they're not available yet. The memorial itself that we have been constructing was delayed, what, Mary, a year or so as we waited for the granite insert. The um, David Harper built the memorial out of rough-cut limestone that he collected some on the property at Oaklands and in other areas around Rutherford County. Um, the We worked with the um, Rutherford County Archaeological Society volunteer members to um, examine the ground there. We ran the GPR over it, and they also um, it did shovel tests to make sure that the area where we were burying the memorial was um, um, not used for burials. And um, the um, granite insert that has the sentiment um, on it took over a year to come in. Um, now that it's in, it has some splashiness and discoloration, and we're working um, to resolve that right now. And then we're waiting for the um, Geosciences Department to re-evaluate Section M and get us that data. So um, that's why we're delayed on that project, um, but we are working think, towards it. When, and when will the uh, work be redone that, that slipped away? We're still waiting to hear. Oh, so, <clears throat> There's so no way I could answer that question. Summer, spring, something There's like no that. There's no way I could uh, answer Not even it. No, any clue? No, no. We said weeks, and that was a long, long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, But it's we, just about completed. Uh, like he said, the uh, the inscription has been put there. It's just uh, uh, Mr. Harper got to do some work on the top of it and, uh, and everything so that the water would run off of it and not in it. So once we get that done and everything, we will be... Uh, sending out uh, announcements about it and hopefully to have a dedication service of that uh, monument sometime in the near future i would say maybe by f hopefully prayerfully uh around about the first of november or something like that I'm thinking. speaking of november on november the 5th we will be at the um historical preservation center the heritage center uh doing a presentation on this very subject so if the community is interested in coming out. Oh, so over on College Street. Yes. Yes. Now, it's going to be the Evergreen Graveyard, not the Evergreen Cemetery. We're going to be doing a workshop. That's confusing. <laughs> yes. And I have done research, and I've had to go to both of them because 
um, I do a lot of genealogy research, and I'll put up uh, pull up death certificates and stuff like that. And they'll have Evergreen Graveyard, and I will. I remember looking for uh, L. Murphy, and it had that on there. And I went to both of them and found out that he was at the Evergreen Cemetery rather than the Evergreen Graveyard. So there is a mixture. You know, you just have to remember one says graveyard and the other one says cemetery. So if you're new to town, the graveyard is on Broad across from the uh, Bumpus Harley-Davidson. Yes, right in there. And, of course, the Evergreen Cemetery is... uh, uh, right in the heart of town. Yes, next on, to Green, yeah, yeah. on Greenland Drive. So, uh, And huge. And, it is. And uh, just, uh, But now you're trying to determine some of the history on that metal monument yes. that says Cary. Yes. Evergreen Cemetery offices <clears throat> burned in the 30s, I think 1933. So any information that would have been there was lost in that fire um, and likely would not have had that information anyway because the um, enslaved were not given the dignity of, uh, of their history being passed down in written record that we found yet just in oral tradition. That's why we hope to someday find some documentation. Maybe there's a church or an individual out there who has some documentation that can tell us who was buried. The Mannies did not retain uh, records of slave burials, um, but um, there are a number of people buried in Section M that are uh, unknown, not just enslaved. Um, Section M is also where um, people who are, uh, there are cremains in storage in Rutherford County for people who've passed away here who are experiencing homelessness or indigent, and those cremains are not being interred in Section M yet because we're waiting for MTSU to give us these results so that um, the cemetery will know what areas of Section M are still open um, for future burials to take place um, so there's a lot left to learn um, about section M and that, the cemetery a f- as a whole fascinating uh, monument too and and it's coming uh, apart mm-hmm. and you can look at it closely I mean it, it's you can tell it's full of uh, history if if we could only get it to talk to us uh-huh. yes. yeah yes. or find photograph someone probably yeah. photographed it years ago when the writing is still legible um, and those photographs, if they exist, would be priceless. Have you gone to Shacklett's photography? I mean, they have everything. Yeah, I've talked. I've talked to Shacklett's. Okay, uh-huh. not I've talked to the Shacklett's in the Rutherford County archives. Okay, still not there. There was a metal. I think it was a metal monument found over uh, off of next to where New Vision Baptist Church is now. Oh, really? And they renovated that one. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's still metal. I don't guess they renovated it into something different. But uh, you might take a look at that. Thank you. I definitely want to go over and check it out. And uh, just see what else. Because uh, mm-hmm. it would be during, uh, I guess, the 1800s, mm-hmm. uh, something of that era. Which, that's probably what this was. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, metal, uh, have you come across any other metal monuments mm-hmm. there's other metal monuments in evergreen um there are there's one that's zinc and it's the wood family oddly enough the woods have the metal monument um, but it was commercially made and this one was most likely a locally made by uh, tin smith and then hand engraved so um quite interesting looking mm-hmm. though it is uh, you talk about a piece of art yes it is definitely a, a unique piece yes so and as he said, the M section is where the African-Americans could be buried uh, in the Evergreens uh, Cemetery before desegregation. So that monument is going to be uh, there uh, 
you know, we erected that for those African Americans that are bare that do not have headstones, which is many, as well as uh, the enslaved. Now, is there any way to get some of the names? of the people who are buried there, or is that lost in history? Uh, we have some of that, and of course Evergreen has a, a list of some. Like you said, a lot of the information burned, but uh, I do have a copy of the M section that ha do have names of some of those that were buried there that do not have a headstone. Uh, back, uh, I think around about in 2012, uh, Appa John, I mean, he was a figure I think a lot of people, if you've been around a long time, know about Appa John. So when I did the research on him, I found out he was buried there in the M section. Uh, and he does not have a, uh, a headstone. I think he died around about 1961 mm -hmm. and, uh, and everything. So there are a lot of people that L. Murphy that I was looking for, he was buried there. Um, and I think it was a, a, one of the members of our uh, organization, she said her relative of hers is buried there. So, you know, it, uh, during research, and I found out when you're looking for one person, a lot of times the other family members are buried within that same area. So uh, I found some in doing that saying that they were buried there, even though they do not have a headstone. Would you share with us, because there are a lot of new people in town, the story of Apple John and some of the things that you've uncovered. Okay. Uh, when uh, the uh, uh, wisdom of the elders, that was a uh, Miss uh, M. Fulmer from Vanderbilt started that program, and it was for African-American uh, seniors 65 and up. We wanted them to document their history because a lot of our history had gone to the grave because we were not interested in it. We didn't document it and everything. And somebody brought up Apple John, and I said, yeah, that's a good example of not knowing. I said, you know, I remember eight years old. You see him walking up and down Maple Street here in Murfreesboro, and all we ever known was Apple John. And I said, well, that's a good start for me. I want to know who Apple John is. And believe it or not, that's what I started with. And when the word got out that I was doing that, a lot of people started contacting me and, uh, and about Apple John to find out where he came from and what brought him to Murf uh, here to Murfreesboro and, uh, and everything. And he got his name because he used to uh, have, he lived out in the uh, Donaldson Chapel area for Bradable Pike, somewhere out in there. And he had like a little apple orchard. Oh, okay. So he would bring those apples to Murfreesboro up on the courthouse uh, to try to sell those apples. And it wasn't too successful at it, but, uh, and people start calling him Apple John. So, uh, and uh, a lot of people, you know, his name, you know, that happens a lot. Um, uh, I think Arnett did a book and he called him Sumner. Uh, somebody else had Sumlit, you know, and, uh, and everything. So I was brave enough to send off to get his uh, birth certificate to see what his name was there, and he was Sumler. So um, he had many names, but that Apple John, you'd be surprised what you can start with. It took a while, but uh, I found out who his parents were. And, uh, and everything, and I found out the reason why he came to uh, Murfreesboro. He was really homeless uh, when he died, uh, and uh, he died at the uh, Rutherford County uh, nursing home out there on uh, 
Shovel Highway right <clears throat> off of County Farm Road. Uh, that's where he died and everything. And he would wear, I don't know, you know, people that some of the people that's been around probably remember him too. I just remember seeing him when I was riding a school bus to Murfreesboro going, you know, going into Holloway and stuff like that. He would have all these overcoats and stuff, whether it was summer, whether it was wintertime. He had these canes he would have walking around and everything. So I felt like that was a good start for me. So that uh, motivated me. And as well as to try to get people to still, we work with the seniors there at Patterson, to try to get them to document the history so the young people would know from which they came. We have a text here from a listener who's saying, while you're telling stories, uh, I've often wondered about the old ice house uh, over near uh, Holloway School. And uh, could you share anything about uh, that? Yes, Mr. Womack had that. We uh, it, They called him Iceman. You know, they give people Everybody neat names. Everybody has neat names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I went to school with his daughters uh, there at uh, Holloway. But, yeah, uh, I have not uh, done a book on him, but I have gone over and taken pictures of that ice house because if you lived in Murfreesboro, that's where you went to get your ice and, uh, and everything. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do uh, a booklet on Mr. on the Iceman because uh, I know his name was Mr. Womack. I don't remember what year he he died uh, or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, the trees have grown up now, so I don't know. Uh, that car dealership, I think, have bought that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's still there or not. But before those trees grew up, you know, I did take a picture of the uh, that ice house. And here's another question. for You've, you've gotten everybody excited this morning. Uh, this one says, I sure hope people <coughs> talked with the man who was a custodian at the Rutherford County Courthouse. He oh, passed yes. away recently. And he Mr. was working every day until he was 100 years old. Uh, Mr. Brandon, uh, okay. he was 103. 103, uh, wow. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> a matter of fact, I think he was he was working there at uh, age 101. I painted a picture, I have a picture of him. I'm an artist as well, and I painted a picture of him, and I think he was around about 101 at that time. And he was still working at 103, he fell and broke his hip or something, and he was not able to come back after, uh, after that and uh, and everything. But that was Mr. Willie Brandon, and uh, when I started doing some research, I went over and I talked to him, and I regretted to this day that I did not record what he told me. I was checking on somebody else, but before I left, he told me his whole life story. And I just regret to this day that I did not document that. Can you imagine what he saw in 103 years? Yes. Oh, I mean, everything from before the Civil Mm -hmm. War Mm -hmm. on through it and Mm -hmm. into the Space Age. Yes. I tell you. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Mary Watkins is with us this morning along with Margaret McKinley. And James Manning. We'll be right back. WGNS talks about all things local. It's Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 
2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you're looking for that perfect wedding gift, baby gift, housewarming, or you want to decorate for the holidays, please come see us. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. Please come and shop with us for all your farm and home needs. We have what you need for your home and your lawn, garden, farm. We also have a great selection of clothing and great gift ideas. Please come see us. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Relaford Farmers Co-op. We're located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. Northeast winds of 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 46. Turn your fingers into a microphone and talk back. WGNSRadio.com is Rutherford County's online source for what matters to you. WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back. Our phone number, 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. We're talking about history in our community. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you? I'm good. Hi. Yes, my name is Barbara Fishback. Yes, ma'am. And I'd like to ask Mr. Manny. My aunt works for a lady named Augusta Manny. And she lived at 414 East College. Were you related to her? Well, interestingly, that you called with that question because my last name confuses people every day. Um, the owner of Oakland's Plantation was James Manny, M-A-N-E-Y, and mine is M-A-N-N-I-N-G. But we are always looking for descendants of the Manny enslaved, and many of them would have lived in front of Oakland's. And uh, I would love to have um, the opportunity to interview or put you in contact with um, uh, Jason at MTSU, uh, who is doing interviews through the Gore Center of um, African Americans, uh, whether they are descendants of enslaved or not. Um, would you be willing to share that with us? And I would. Okay. Um, my number at Oakland's is 615 893 zero zero two two and okay. i'll be there later today and my voicemail is available right now if you would reach out to me and give me your name phone and number in case, and in case that i i don't have a pencil near you can okay. call me at six one five five seven three four three eight six thank you so much for sharing that with us and for, could you for, give me, that name again of the lady that uh you were talking about augusta, augusta manny she lived at 414 East College. My aunt worked for her for years. Okay, thank you. Uh, 414, what street again? 414 East College. East and College. And that house still stands, yes. Okay, and let me get your, is your last number 4386? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to be sure I had the right number to give it, to James. Yes, it is. And also, when you say about Miss Myrtle Lord, yes, she was my teacher also. Oh, wasn't she great? <laughs> He was, and uh, it was a friend of mine who had rheumatic fever, and she picked me every week. She would make a dinner for Sally Simmons and myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, tell us, do you remember the drums that would beat as people marched outside? Do you remember anything about drums? 
No. No? Okay. I, I, no, I just know I, I, I was a majorette. Miss Lloyd was the teacher of the majorette. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you for calling and in and also, giving us that. And also, Miss Merle Lloyd, Miss Woodson, Miss Sadie Jones, Miss Whitaker, and Miss Phillips was the principal of Old Bradley at that time I went there. Okay. Wonderful school. I bet you have great memories of it. Yes, I do. And mm -hmm. I'm 78 years old now. Well, you're just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to share that, and I would just want to ask that question about uh, Ms. Augusta Manning. And she had a son named James and mm -hmm. Cannon Manning. Mm -hmm. Cannon lived on Highland. And yes. Well, we'll talk I and see how. We'll talk and see how many pieces of the puzzle we can put together. All right, sir. Thank, Thank you. you for calling. Thank you. Wow, that's some more good information. So you're yes. doing some studies at the Gore Center. Jason McGowan is with the Gore Center, and he is um, recording the history of African Americans in Rutherford County, and he's partnering with us to help us with oral histories as well. So it's just so many opportunities that um, for us to find descendants uh, who still have information, it's just priceless. Oh, fantastic. Now, before we leave, because there may be somebody who was not listening at the first of the show, I would like to think everybody sets their clocks and turns <laughs> it on, but maybe they didn't. Uh, there's a big event coming up October 29th. Who would like to share with that, uh, tell us what's happening again? Uh, that is our second annual fall um, um, auction. It will be at Patterson. Uh, community Center on Martin Luther King uh, Boulevard, Saturday, October the 26th, from 1 to 4 p.m. And we are 501c3, so your um, donations are tax deductible. So please come out and uh, bid on the treasure. And, and take there it are some you. treasures too. Aren't yes, there? for sure. Baskets, uh, gift baskets, antiques, art, so much more. That's all at the Patterson Community Center. This is your second one. Yes. So phenomenal. And just around the corner, you're working on some other ideas uh, around uh, at some of the old school houses, mm -hmm. hoping to bring those back to life. Yes. So. We would, like we said, we're going to have a calendar uh, for sale on that day as well, of, uh, which is one of our fundraisers where we're going to have the Rosenwald Schools on that calendar and history about those schools as well. And we're also going to be partnership with, uh, we are uh, in partnership with uh, uh, the Stones River Battlefield. So the first of uh, the year, in January the 1st, we're going to be uh, commemorating the uh, 160th year of uh, the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, we're going to be doing that. We're going to have some kind of program, so that'll be coming up. And again, we are working with uh, the new owner of the uh, Randolph Riverside Plantation, um, Miss Stephanie, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, M-A-C-C-A. Uh, we're going to be working with her as well. It's uh, Dr. Van West, too. We're going to try to get some artifacts. So if anybody's listening from the uh, Randolph family, would they like to uh, give us some artifacts to go in that uh, old enslaved house that's there, which is in good condition. Uh, James went with uh, me as well. We went there uh, a couple of weeks ago and toured that uh 
plantation. And uh, I was surprised that that uh, slave house is still in the condition that it's in. Mm -hmm. So hopefully down the road we're going to be able to put an exhibit there and for the public to come in and to see that exhibit. Oh, man. Now, mm -hmm. for those of you listening, there this show is packed full of neat information today. So if you missed something and want to hear it again, it will be in podcast format on the WGNS website. It's also on every major podcast, and I think there are six sites uh, over the entire world, uh, and it's, it'll be on that uh, also. Uh, give us about 10 minutes, and it'll be all of those places. <laughs> want to say a special thank you to Mary Watkins, Margaret McKinley, and James Manning for joining us and sharing all of this fun with us today. Thanks again. Thanks for having us, Mark. And, and much more continues on WGNS Murfreesboro.